to the Punk Priestess Podcast. I'm your host, Majori, and this episode is going to be a little bit different. This episode is going to be dedicated completely to answering your tarot questions. So on Instagram last week, I asked for your tarot questions and if you wanted answers, and this episode is for you. So I got so much response and an overwhelming amount of questions, so I'm not going to answer all of them here. I'll probably filter them throughout another episode, but I really want to get down to a few of my favorite, and I'm really excited to talk tarot with you. So one thing I want to do mention before we jump into these questions is that my readings have expanded and my prices have also increased. So if you want a reading with me, definitely head over to my website and check out the new prices and check out the new offerings. I love expanding on my readings and I'm available for May and June readings. I'm booking for both months. So definitely get in while you can. So with that being said, let's get into some of your burning tarot questions. Okay, so one question I have what is your favorite spread for when a card is stalking you to find out why? So I've actually gotten a lot of stalker card questions. <laughs> so I guess, you know, collectively there's a lot of stalkers out there. Uh, so some of my favorite spreads to use actually are the what the fuck spread in my ebook. So last year I published an ebook called Punk Rock Tarot Spreads and it has 70 tarot spreads that I created over the years. And there's just so many awesome spreads out there for any of your questions and things that you're trying to find with tarot. And the what the fuck spread is really fun. And I would also do the spirit check-in spread as well because there might be something your spirit guides might be trying to hint at with these stalker cards showing up. I would also do a three card spread and put your stalker card in the middle and then pull two cards on each side of that stalker card to see what is coming up because that might give you some insight what this stalker card might be referring to. So that is how I would go about trying to do a spread for a stalker card to figure out what it means. So another stalker card question I have is why is Knight of Cups obsessed with me? Why do the same cards keep finding me? So the same cards keep finding us, stalkers keep finding us because there is a lesson that the universe wants us to pay attention to. It could be a certain type of personality like you might be seeing with the Knight of Cups. Uh, you could also maybe be getting a sign that you need to align yourself with this energy and really make sense of it, like research the meaning of the card, kind of see how that card is being played out in your day-to-day -day life. But stalker cards are for a reason. And there'll be some cards you get all the time and some cards you won't see for years. Like I remember my first stalker card back in 2014 when I was really beginning to take a deep dive into tarot was the Two of Swords. And I kept on pulling this card for months and months and months without fail and it was super creepy. But I realized that I was this energy. I was the Two of Swords and I had to make a choice. And... I was able to make that choice, but I was able to make it by having clarity and taking off the blindfold that that card kind of illuminates. So definitely the stalker card is there for a reason. It's not by happenstance. And once that card's mission is complete in your life, you won't really see that card too often. Like I personally never pull the two of swords anymore. I haven't really pulled it since 2014. So <laughs> that lesson has really kind of, uh, I guess, been answered in my life um, and resolved in my life more so. So definitely stalker cards are for a reason. 
why the Knight of Cups might be obsessed with you and stalking you. That might be because there could be someone in your life, male or female, who has this type of energy that maybe you're conflicted about. I mean, I don't really know if the card is reversed or if it's upright. To me, the reversals are also a huge deal. So just kind of seeing if the card is reversed, what does that mean for you? If it's upright, what is that meaning for you? So definitely the Knight of Cups can also be an aspect of yourself. So see what direction you keep on pulling the card. If it's a mix of reversed and upright, that can be a meaning. But if it's consistently upright, if consistently reversed, you know, that's also for a reason. So look at your relationships. Look at your feelings towards yourself. Look at the people around you. Look at your support system. That is really telling where this energy is coming from. Okay, so another tarot card question I have the Wheel of Fortune has been kicking me lately, and I would like to know your perspective on it. So the Wheel of Fortune, to me, is a very interesting card. It's one of my favorite cards to talk about because it's so juicy, it's so good, and it's really fun because I am teaching tarot classes right now, and I've been teaching the Wheel of Fortune to my students, and it's super fun to really take a deep dive into this card because there's so much to it. But the Wheel of Fortune, it has a huge misconception with tarot because the astrology of Jupiter, which is the ruling planet of the Wheel of Fortune card, is also a huge misconception um, in the meaning of what this planet actually is. So Jupiter is not just this planet of good luck and fortune and prosperity. It's actually a planet of karma and you get what you put into it. So with the Wheel of Fortune energy, this is just kind of saying that, yes, you could be on top of the wheel. You could feel like you have so much success and things are going well for you, but you doesn't mean you're happy. It doesn't mean that this is what you ideally want because when you're on top of the Ferris wheel, you're looking out at everything. You're looking out at all the buildings and all the structures, all the people, and you kind of have to see this card as if this is what you've built as you're on top of the wheel. And how do you feel when you're on top? Do you feel happy? Do you feel successful? Do you feel accomplished? Do you feel prosperous? Or are you ready for something new? Which is why sometimes there's more to the Wheel of Fortune card when it's reversed because that means you can get off the ride and start a new venture and go on another wheel, per se. So the Wheel of Fortune is pretty much telling you, like, is this what you want? Like, is what you're building worth it? Are the sacrifices worth it? You know, if you wish for something, make sure it's actually worth the while because you might as well get it. And that can have its consequences. So the Wheel of Fortune might be stalking you just kind of saying, hey, you know, be careful what you build. Be careful what you wish for. Is this really what you want to do? Or are you kidding yourself? Is it time for you to get off the ride? Is it time for you to move on in your life? Get a new job. Relocate. End the relationship. You know, is this good enough for you? Is this what you really want to build and continue to build as your legacy? So it's kind of questioning what you're putting your time and energy towards and stay focused on that when the Wheel of Fortune arrives. Okay, so I have another card here that I think is also very confusing in the Major Arcana. And this is the Lover's card. So Lover's Energy, it always gets this rap that, you know, it's love, relationships, it's commitment, and it's more so this is the energy for yourself. So this question is, can the lovers also symbolize choices as well as self-care? And the answer is yes. Definitely 
with the duality that is so heightened in this card and with Gemini energy being the ruler of the lovers, 100% this card can also symbolize choices. And this is a big nod to Mercury energy as well with the lovers because Mercury is the ruling planet of Gemini. So kind of seeing where, what you're communicating, kind of seeing you know, what choices do you have to make with this communication information coming into your life? Are you making the right choices based off the communication that you have received and what you do know? A Mercury retrograde will tell you that. We have our next Mercury retrograde on May 29th. So definitely if you're in some lover's energy right now, either try to get it resolved by the Mercury retrograde or wait for the Mercury retrograde to reveal to you what will come into your life and what choices you may have to make for your future. Okay, so I do have some more questions here related to decks. So this question is, which kind of deck should be used for what? So for me, choosing decks, and I have many of them, it's all intuitive and instinctional. For me, I like to work with certain decks more frequently than others. Like I have my favorite like five, six decks that I feel comfortable with using for clients. And I also have decks that I just solely use for myself. I don't read those decks with clients. I don't know really 100% why. I just know that those decks are just for my energy only. Maybe that will change, but I prefer to use certain decks for either myself or for clients. But you just pretty much know. It's like you have to really make a connection with your deck. That's why it's so important to choose your decks carefully and make sure you really make a relationship with that deck so the magic can be very compatible with you. It's definitely, you just have to feel it out. You have to feel out the energy and what you want to do. There's no set rule on what kind of deck should be used for what circumstance or what client. It's like you usually have your favorites and you continuously use those. And sometimes you can add others to the mix and sometimes you don't. So it's all up to you. So another question about tarot decks is how do you choose the right deck? So for me, I have my own way of choosing decks. I'm very select and it's because... I know what I'm looking for in a deck, per se. Like quality is a huge thing for me because I'm a big bridge or butterfly shuffler. Um, also, I like to make sure that the back of the card has a very nondescript image because I read reversals, so I don't like to see if the card is reversed or upright. I like it to be a surprise. Uh, so those are things that I look out for. Also, too, as a woman of color, I make sure that if I am going to buy a deck that has people on it, that there are people of different races included. I will not buy a deck that just has white people on it. Why would I use a deck of just white people as a black woman? Doesn't make sense. So definitely, those are some of the three things that I look out for. Also, if there's certain artists that I like or tarot deck creators that I like their work, I'll continue to buy from them. So I have some of my favorite artists and creators that I just love everything that they do and I'll continue to support and buy their decks. But also just making sure that you know how to read and understand your deck because some of the decks can be very confusing or non-traditional. So if you don't really know how to read your deck very well, you're not going to probably connect with a deck that is really advanced or hard for you, which is why I always say it's important to learn the Smith deck and then you can kind of venture out and read the other decks that you buy because tarot decks are expensive. 
they're not something cheap. So if you want to make sure that your investment is going to take you somewhere and a, a deck is not going to sit on the shelf and gather dust. So making sure you can read it, making sure that the quality is good, making sure it supports the BIPOC community is also very important. But pretty much like you just know, you know, like the vibration of a deck, if it connects with you, if, if it doesn't connect with you. So those are just some of my things that I look out for when choosing a deck. And I also have a blog post on my website all about choosing a tarot deck. So definitely check that out if you want more details and you're kind of conflicted or confused on how to purchase a tarot deck. So last question is, I'm just going to summarize it. It's like what kind of crystals, incense, herbs, resins should be used and when when doing a ritual? So there's no like real answer for this. Pretty much you just have to do your research and what type of spell you want to do, what type of ritual you want to have. And you can buy the supplies according to that or you can just kind of do your own thing. Like for me, I am not someone who is like, I got to follow the rules and do a spell or have this ritual be exact. Like I'm someone who likes to improvise. If I have something is what they want for the spell or whatever to have that type of meaning or effect or resolution, I actually have that at home, I'll use it. If I don't have it, Either I can go to a witch shop and buy it or I'll just improvise and use something else or I won't use it. So you don't have to stick to these so-called rules of witchcraft and divination. It's like do what you want to do. Don't feel like you have to stifle your craft because you don't have these certain candles or you don't have these certain crystals because believe me, I don't have all the crystals. Pretty much there's really no rules in trying to have supplies that is specific to something like if you don't have this certain candle color or if you don't have this certain herb or crystal it doesn't mean you can't do the spell improvise use what you have make it your own and that's the beauty of magic is that it's your own power it's your own creativity and I never have everything that I need sometimes for a spell and I'm like oh I should have used that or you know but I use what I have and that's the beauty of it so also, you have to remember that the people who are making these spells are just kind of coming up with it on their own. There's no such like master of spell work. It's pretty much like your own creativity. So I make my own spells all the time and do my own thing. And if I think that this crystal goes with what I'm trying to manifest or whatever I'm trying to do, I bring that to the altar. I bring that to the occasion. It's just you kind of also have to intuitively fill out what type of tools you want to bring to help in your process of whatever witchy thing you're doing. So yeah, there's pretty much, if you're trying to do something like Pacific, for sure, definitely research and find and source like what you want. But for the most part, just use what you have available. You don't have to spend a lot of money. And some of these resources aren't available year round or are hard to find. Like there's some crystals that are very, very hard to find. And I've just been over the years lucky to find them or some of them, they're on my wish list. I can't even afford them or they're just not available yet for me. Um, so, or it's just not the right time. So pretty much it's just, you got to use what you have. You have to be creative. Don't not do something because you don't have like the right materials. You, you can improvise. It's okay. Your spell is all about intentions. It's not about the materialistic objects that are used to aid in the craft. Those are some of your tarot witchy questions and this was super fun for me. I hope you learned a little bit and on my website I do have a blog section that talks about astrology, spell work, tarot, 
everything that you're interested in. So definitely hit those resources up. And if you want a tarot reading with me, we can dive a little bit deeper in some of these tools. Definitely book one on my website as well for May and June. Thank you so much. And I look forward to doing this again. Mm -hmm.